0: Hello and welcome to Informed Ohio. The best defense against tyranny is an informed citizenry. Here at Informed Ohio, we will be reading bills that are before the Ohio House and Senate so Ohioans can now listen to just the bill so you can form your own opinion and be an informed citizen. Stay focused, Ohio. The next bill we will be reading is Senate Bill 83, and we are going to start with the bill analysis and how it was passed by the Senate. The primary sponsor is Senator Sereno. Summary. State institutions of higher education, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, intellectual diversity, and other concepts. Policy. Require state institutions of higher education to adopt and enforce the policy requiring the institution to prohibit any mandatory programs or training courses regarding DEI, except that a state institution may receive an exemption if such a program or course is required for a certain specified purpose. Affirm and declare a primary function to the pursuit of knowledge. Affirm and declare that the institution will ensure full intellectual diversity. Demonstrate intellectual diversity for course approval, approval of general education courses, student course evaluations, common reading programs, annual reviews, strategic goals for each department, and student learning outcomes. Seek out invited speakers who have diverse ideological and political views. Post a complete list of all speaker fees, honoraria, and other Emoluments in excess of $500 that are sponsored by the state institution prominently on its website. Requires each state institution policy to affirm and declare that the state institution will not endorse or oppose as an institution any controversial beliefs or policies, specified concepts, or specified ideologies. Influence or require students, faculty, or administrators to endorse or express a given ideology, political stance, or view of social social policy. Require a student to endorse or express a given ideology, political stance, or view to obtain an undergraduate or postgraduate degree. Use political and ideological litmus tests. In any hiring, promotion, and admissions decisions, including diversity statements and other requirements that applicants describe commitment to a specified concept, specified ideology, or controversial belief. Influence or require students, faculty, or administrators to endorse or express a given ideology or political stance in any hiring, promotion, or admission process or decision. Use a diversity statement or any other assessment of an applicant's political or ideological views in any hiring, promotions, or admissions process, or decision. Influence or require students, faculty, or administrators to endorse or express a given ideology or political stance in any process or decision, regulating conditions, or work study. Intellectual diversity protections and disciplinary sanctions. Requires each state institution to do all of the following. Implement a range of disciplinary sanctions for any administrator, faculty member, staff, or student who interferes with the intellectual diversity rights of another. Inform all students and employees of their intellectual diversity protections and any applicable policies adopted by the state institution to put the protections into practice. Issue and post to its website an annual report of any violations of intellectual diversity rights and resulting disciplinary sanctions. Mission Statements Requires each state institution to incorporate statements into its mission statement declaring commitment to a free and open intellectual inquiry, independence of thought, tolerance of differing viewpoints, and equality of opportunity. Policies on Equal Opportunity Require state institutions to do both of the following with regard to every position, policy, program, and activity. Treat all faculty, staff, and students as individuals. Hold all individuals to equal standards and provide every individual with equality of opportunity with regard to those individual race, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. Provide no advantage or disadvantage to faculty, staff, or students on the basis of race, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression in admission, missions, hiring, promotion, tenuring, or workplace conditions. Prohibition on support and training for certain concepts. Prohibits state institutions from providing or requiring training for any administrator, teacher, or staff member that advocates or promotes certain prescribed concepts regarding race and sex. Require state institutions to implement a range of disciplinary sanctions for any administrator, teacher, staff member, or employee who authorizes or engages in a training that violates the above prohibitions. Requires state institutions to issue and post on their websites an annual report regarding violations of the above prohibitions resulting disciplinary sanctions and statics on the academic qualifications of accepted and matriculating students disaggregated by race and sex. Segregation prohibition requires state institutions to prohibit all policies designed explicitly to segregate faculty, staff, or students based on those individuals, race, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression in credit-earning classroom settings, formal orientation ceremonies, or formal graduation ceremonies. Higher Education Employee Strikes <clears throat> Prohibits state institutions of higher education employees from striking and instead requires them to submit unresolved collective bargaining disputes to to a final offer settlement procedure. Faculty Evaluations Student and Peer Evaluations Requires the Department of Higher Education, DHE, to develop a minimum set of standard standards questions to be used in student evaluations, including a question whether a faculty member creates a classroom atmosphere free of bias, requires each state institution to establish a written system of faculty evaluations completed by students that uses the questions developed by DHE, requires state institutions to establish a written system of peer evaluations for faculty members with a focus on professional development regarding the faculty members' teaching responsibilities. Faculty Annual Performance Evaluations Requires state institutions to adopt and every five years submit to the Chancellor of Higher Education a Faculty Annual Performance Evaluation policy. Requires state institutions to conduct an annual evaluation for each full-time faculty member directly compensated by the state institution. Post-tenure Review Policies Requires state institutions with tenured faculty to adopt and every five years submit to the chancellor post-tenure review policy. Requires state institution with tenured faculty to adopt and every five years submit to the chancellor policies of tenure and retrenchment. Uniform Prudent Management of Institutional Funds Act Establishes the scope and procedures for a civil action when a state institution of higher education violates a restriction in an endowment agreement. Permits the Attorney General, the person who transferred property under the agreement, or that person's benefactor representative to file a complaint for breach of an endowment agreement. Permits the Attorney General and any party to an endowment agreement, including the recipient, state institution of higher education to file a, complete, a complaint to obtain a Declaration of Rights and Duties under the agreement. Requires complaints to be filed within six years of discovering the violation or within 50 years of the effective date of the endowment agreement, whichever is sooner. Limits application of the endowment funds established on and after the 120th day following the provision effective date and breaches of endowment agreements that occur on or after the date. Other Changes 5-Year Institutional Cost Summaries require state institutions to submit to the Chancellor a rolling five-year summary of institutional costs to be considered by the General Assembly when evaluating operating capital project funding for each biennial main operating appropriations bill and capital appropriations bill. Requires the Chancellor to submit a report to the General Assembly, including all state institutions' five-year institutional cost summaries. Requires that the President of each state institution or the Chancellor have the opportunity to present in the appropriate hearings conducted by committees considering higher education legislation regarding the institution's five-year summaries. Requires the Chancellor to, prior to the enactment of each main operating appropriations and capital appropriations bill, create the present a report to the General Assembly, including the total institutional costs for state universities and community colleges separately. Faculty Workload Policy Requires each state institution to take formal action to adopt a faculty workload policy consistent with standards adopted by the Chancellor. Review and update its policy on faculty tenure. Require multiple pathways to tenure to receive certain state funds and update its faculty workload policy every five years. Requires each state institution to include in its faculty workload policy a teaching workload expectation based on credit hours, a definition of all faculty workload elements in terms of credit hours, including a full-time minimum standard established by the Board of Trustees justifiable credit hour equivalents, and any administrative action that the state institution may take if a faculty member fails to comply with the policy's requirements. American Government or History Course Requirement Requires the Chancellor of Higher Education to develop a three-credit hour course in the subject of American Government or American History with mandatory reading assignments including the United States Constitution, Declaration of Independence, five essays from the Federalist Papers, the Emancipation Proclamation, Gettysburg Address, and the Letter of Birmingham Jail by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Require state institutions to require all students seeking a bachelor's degree to take the course or receive an exemption beginning with students who graduate in the spring of 2028 to 2029 academic year. Permit state institutions to offer the course under the College Credit Plus Program. Syllabus Requirements Requires each state institution to either post a syllabus for each undergraduate course offered to a college credit on its website or ensure that each course instructor posts the syllabus on a publicly accessible website that has specified information about the instructor in each syllabus the instructor is teaching. Requires each state institution and the chancellor to prepare reports regarding state institution compliance with syllabus posting requirements. Interactions with the People's Republic of China. Prohibits state institutions from accepting gifts, donations, or contributions from the People's Republic of China or any organization that institution reasonably suspects is acting on behalf of the People's Republic of China. Requires state institutions to submit to the Chancellor a copy of Foreign Gifts report it sends to the United States Department of Education. Prohibits state institutions from entering into a new or renewed academic partnerships with academic or research institution located in China unless Chancellor approves such a partnership. Permits a chancellor to approve academic partnerships with academic or research institutions located in China only if the chancellor, in consultation with the attorney general, determines that the state institution maintains sufficient structural safeguards to protect the state institution's intellectual property and security of Ohio and national security interests. Requires the auditor of state to audit state institution's structural safeguards during the course of a normal audit. Board of Trustees Training Requires the chancellor to develop an annual training to the board of trustees of each state institution. Eliminates the requirement that the chancellor working with specified stakeholders develop voluntary model training for state institution board trustee members. Board of Trustee Terms of Office Changes the terms of office to every four years for all non-student trustees at state universities, community colleges, state community colleges, and technical colleges who are appointed by the governor on or after January 1, 2024. A limits of prohibition on state university trustees who served at least six years of a term being reappointed as a trustee before four years have elapsed since the end of the trustee's previous term. Northeast Ohio Medical University Principal Goals Removes language establishing the principal goals of the Northeast Ohio Medical University to work in collaboration with area state universities. Other Higher Education Provisions Three-Year Bachelor's Degree Study Requires the Department of Higher Education to conduct a study on the feasibility of implementing a three-year bachelor degree programs in Ohio. Act Title Entitles the bill... The Ohio Higher Education Enhancement Act. Detailed Analysis State Institutions of Higher Education The bill makes several changes to higher education. It creates, sorry, it creates, among other things, new requirements for state institutions of higher education regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion policies, and training intellectual diversity and faculty evaluations. It also prohibits higher education employees from striking instead of requires employees to submit unresolved collective bargaining disputes to final offer settlement procedure. Throughout the bill, State Institution of Higher Education, or State Institution, includes any state, university, or college, community college, state, community college, university branch, or technical college. Further, when the bill requires that something be posted on a website, that posting must be 1. Accessible from the main page of the state institution's website by using no more than three links, 2. Searchable by keywords and phrases, and 3. Accessible to the public without requiring any user registration. Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, DEI, Intellectual Diversity and Other Concepts, Policy. The bill requires the Board of Trustees in each state to institute institution of higher education to adopt and enforce the policy requiring the institution to do all of the following. One, prohibit any mandatory programs or training courses regarding diversity, equity, or inclusion unless the institution receives an exemption. Student and Peer Evaluations Requires the Department of Higher Education, DHE, to develop a minimum set of standard questions to be used in student evaluations, including a question whether a faculty member creates a classroom atmosphere free of bias. Requires each state institution to establish a written system of faculty evaluations completed by students that uses the questions developed by DHE. Requires state institutions to establish a written system of peer evaluations for faculty members with a focus on professional development regarding the faculty members' teaching responsibilities. Faculty Annual Performance Evaluations requires state institutions to adopt and every five years submit to the Chancellor of Higher Education a Faculty Annual Performance Evaluation Policy. Requires state institutions to conduct an annual evaluation for each full time faculty member directly compensated by the state institution. Post tenure review policies. Requires state institutions with tenured faculty to adopt and every five years submit to the chancellor post tenure review policy. Requires state institution with tenured faculty to adopt and every five years. Submit to the Chancellor policies of tenure and retrenchment. Uniform Prudent Management of Institutional Funds Act Establishes the scope and procedures for a civil action when a state institution of higher education violates a restriction in an endowment agreement. Permits the Attorney General, the person who transferred property under the agreement, or that person's benefactor representative to file a complaint for breach of an endowment agreement permits the attorney general and any party to an endowment agreement including the recipient state institution of higher education to file a complete a complaint to obtain a declaration of rights and duties under the agreement requires complaints to be filed within 6 years of discovering the violation or within 50 years of the effective date of the endowment agreement whichever is sooner limits application of the endowment funds established on and after the 120th day following the provision effective date, and breaches of endowment agreements that occur on or after the date. Other changes. Five-year institutional cost summaries. require state institutions to submit to the Chancellor a rolling five-year summary of institutional costs to be considered by the General Assembly when evaluating operating capital project funding for each biennial main operating appropriations bill and capital appropriations bill requires the chancellor to submit a report to the general assembly including all state institutions five-year institutional cost summaries requires that the president of each state institution or the chancellor have the opportunity to present in the appropriate hearings conducted by committees considering Higher Education Legislation Regarding the Institution's Five-Year Summaries Requires the Chancellor to, prior to the enactment of each Main Operating Appropriations and Capital Appropriations Bill, create the present a report to the General Assembly, including the total institutional costs for state universities and community colleges separately. Faculty Workload Policy Requires each state institution to take formal action to adopt a faculty workload policy consistent with standards adopted by the chancellor. Review and update its policy on faculty tenure. Require multiple pathways to tenure to receive certain state funds and update its faculty workload policy every five years. Requires each state institution to include in its faculty workload policy a teaching workload expectation based on credit hours, A definition of all faculty workload elements in terms of credit hours, including a full-time minimum standard established by the Board of Trustees, justifiable credit hour equivalents, and any administrative action that the state institution may take if a faculty member fails to comply with the policy's requirements. American Government and History Course Requirement Requires the Chancellor of Higher Education to develop a three-credit hour course in the subject of American government or American history with mandatory reading assignments including the United States Constitution, Declaration of Independence, five essays from the Federalist Papers, the Emancipation Proclamation, Gettysburg Address, and the Letter of Birmingham Jail by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Requires state institutions to require all students seeking a bachelor's degree to take the course or receive an exemption beginning with students who graduate in the spring of 2028 to 2029 academic year. Permit state institutions to offer the course under the College Credit Plus program. Syllabus Requirements Requires each state institution to either post a syllabus for each undergraduate course offered to a college credit on its website or ensure that each course instructor posts the syllabus on a publicly accessible Website that has specified information about the instructor in each syllabus the instructor is teaching. Requires each state institution and the chancellor to prepare reports regarding state institution compliance with syllabus posting requirements. Interactions with the People's Republic of China. Prohibits state institutions from accepting gifts, donations, or contributions from the People's Republic of China or any organization that institution reasonably suspects is acting on behalf of the People's Republic of China. Requires state institutions to submit to the Chancellor a copy of Foreign Gifts Report it sends to the United States Department of Education. Prohibits state institutions from entering into a new or renewed academic partnerships with academic or research institutions located in China unless Chancellor approves such a partnership. Permits a Chancellor to approve academic partnerships with academic or research institutions located in China only if the Chancellor, in consultation with the Attorney General, determines that the state institution maintains sufficient structural safeguards to protect the state institution's intellectual property and security of Ohio and national security interests. Requires the auditor of state to audit state institution's structural safeguards during the course of a normal audit. Board of Trustees training requires the chancellor to develop an annual training to the board of trustees of each state institution. Eliminates the requirement that the chancellor working with specified stakeholders develop voluntary Model training for state institution board trustee members. Board of Trustee Terms of Office Changes the terms of office to every four years for all non-student trustees at state universities, community colleges, state community colleges, and technical colleges who are appointed by the governor on or after January 1, 2024. A Limits of Prohibition on State University Trustees who served at least six years of a term. Being reappointed as a trustee before four years have elapsed since the end of the trustee's previous term. Northeast Ohio Medical University Principal Goals Removes language establishing the principal goals of the Northeast Ohio Medical University to work in collaboration with area state universities. Other Higher Education Provisions Three-Year Bachelor's Degree Study Requires the Department of Higher Education to conduct a study on the feasibility of implementing a three-year's bachelor degree programs in Ohio. Act title. Entitles the bill, the Ohio Higher Education Enhancement Act. Detailed Analysis State Institutions of Higher Education The bill makes several changes to higher education. It creates Sorry, it creates, among other things, new requirements for state institutions of higher education regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion policies, and training intellectual diversity and in faculty evaluations. It also prohibits higher education employees from striking instead of requires employees to submit unresolved collective bargaining disputes to final offer settlement procedure. Throughout the bill, State institution of higher Education, or state institution includes any state university or college, community college, state community college, university branch, or technical college. Further, when the bill requires that something be posted on a website, that posting must be, 1. Accessible from the main page of the state institution's website by using no more than three links, 2. Searchable by keywords and phrases, and 3. Accessible to the public without requiring any user registration diversity equity and inclusion DEI intellectual diversity and other concepts policy The bill requires the board of trustees in each state to institute institution of higher education to adopt and enforce a policy requiring the institution to do all of the following 1 prohibit any mandatory programs or training courses regarding diversity equity or inclusion unless the institution receives an exemption 2. Affirm and declare that its primary function is to practice or support the practice of discovery, improvement, transmission, and dissemination of knowledge by means of research, teaching, discussion, and debate. 3. Affirm and declare that the institution will ensure to the fullest degree of intellectual diversity. Under the bill, intellectual diversity means multiple, divergent, and opposing perspectives on an extensive range of public policy issues. 4. Affirm and declare that faculty and staff will allow and encourage students to reach their own conclusions about all controversial beliefs or policies that and will not seek to inocu- inculcate any social, political, or religious point of view. 5. Demonstrate intellectual diversity for course approval, approval of courses to satisfy general education requirements, student course evaluations, common reading programs, annual reviews, strategic goals for each department, and student learning outcomes. Declare that it will not endorse or oppose, as an institution, any controversial belief or policy, specified concept, or specified ideology, although it may endorse the United States Congress when it establishes a state of armed hostility. Against a foreign power. This does not include the recognition of national and state holidays, support for the Constitution and laws of the United States or Ohio, or the display of the American Ohio flag. Under the bill, a controversial belief or policy means any belief or policy that is subject of political controversy, including issues such as climate policies, electoral politics foreign policy, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, immigration policy, marriage, or abortion. B, a specified concept means a concept such as allyship, diversity, social justice, sustainability, systematic racism, gender identity, equity, or inclusion. C, a specified ideology means any ideology that classifies individuals within identity groups, divides identity groups into oppressed And oppressors and prescribes advantages, disadvantages, or segregation based on identity group. 7. Affirm and declare that the institutions will not encourage, discourage, require, or forbid students, faculty, or administrators to endorse, assent to, or publicly express a given ideology, political stance, or view of a social policy, nor will the institution require students to do any of those things to obtain an undergraduate or postgraduate degree. Eight. Prohibit political and ideological litmus tests in all hiring, promotion, and admissions decisions, including diversity statements and any other requirement that applicants describe, their commitment to a specified concept, specified ideology, or any other ideology, principle, concept, or formulation that requires commitment to controversial belief or policy. Nine Affirm and declare that no hiring, promotion, or admissions process, or decision shall encourage, discourage, require, or forbid students, faculty, or administrators to endorse, assent to, or publicly express a given ideology or political stance. 10. Affirm and declare that the institution will not use diversity statement or any other assessment of an applicant's political or ideological views in any hiring process promotions, or admissions process or decision. 11. Affirm and declare that no process or decision regulating conditions of work or study, such as committee assignments, course scheduling, or workload adjustment policies, shall encourage, discourage, require, or forbid students, faculty, or administrators to endorse assent to or publicly express a given ideology or political stance. 12 affirm and declare that the institutions will seek out invited speakers who have diverse ideological or political views. 13. Post prominently on its website a complete list of all speaker fees, honoraria, and other emuluments in excess of $500 for events that are sponsored by the state institution. Under the bill, the second through fifth requirements in this list do not apply to an exercise of professional judgment about how to accomplish intellectual diversity with an academic discipline unless that exercise is misused to constrict intellectual diversity. The sixth and seventh requirements do not apply to the exercise of professional judgment about whether to endorse the consensus or foundational beliefs of an academic discipline unless that exercise is misused to take an action prohibited by the sixth requirement. Each institution must adopt this policy within 90 days of the bill's effective date. The bill states that none of the above requirements prohibit faculty or students from classroom instruction, discussion, or debate, so long as faculty members remain committed to expressing intellectual diversity and allowing intellectual diversity to be expressed. Exemptions under the bill, a state institution may receive an exemption for the requirement to prohibit any mandatory programs or training or courses regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion if such a course is required to comply with state or federal laws or regulations, comply with professional licensure requirements, to obtain or retain accreditation, or to secure or retain grants or cooperative agreements. A state institution may receive an exemption if prior to the initial offering. Of a diversity, equity, and inclusion program or training course, the state institution submits a request for an exemption to the chancellor. The request must include the following 1. The specific law, license requirement, accreditation, grant, or cooperative agreement at issue. 2. The specific language in the law, licensure requirement, accreditation, grant, or cooperative agreement that requires the training. 3 a detailed description of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion program or training to be taught, including any materials that will be used. 4. The specific population of individuals who will be mandated to take the training. 5. The number of times the training is expected to be offered on a six-month basis. 6. An estimate of the cost of the program or training. And 7. If the exemption is sought for the accreditation, proof that alternative accreditation has been researched and evaluated in alternate accreditation is an accreditation that would obtain the same or similar results for the institution while not requiring a diversity, equity, inclusion program or training. Under the bill, the chancellor must approve the state's institution's request if the chancellor determines that the request is required for state or federal law or regulation compliance, compliance with professional licensure, requirements to obtain or retain accreditation, or to secure or retain grants or cooperative agreements. If a state institution makes a change to an approved diversity, equity, and inclusion program or training, the institution must submit a new request for approval for that program or training. The bill requires the Chancellor to prepare a report at least once every six months that summarizes all exemptions sought for diversity, equity, and inclusion programs during that six-month period including the number of exemptions granted and rejected. The Chancellor must submit each report to the chairperson the standing committees of the Ohio Senate and House of Representatives that consider higher education legislation. Intellectual Diversity Protections and Sanctions The bill requires each state institution of higher education to implement a range of disciplinary sanctions for administrator, faculty members, staff, or student who interferes with the intellectual diversity rights of another individual. The bill also requires state institutions to inform its students and employees of the protections given to them under the bill and any policies adopted to put the protections into practice, including by providing the information to new employees and to students during any new student orientation. This information must be posted on the institution's website. Each state institution is also required to issue an annual report of any violations to intellectual diversity rights prescribed under the bill by any individual under the state institution's jurisdiction and any consequent disciplinary sanctions issued for that violation. The institutions must post this report on its website. Mission Statements The bill requires the state institution to incorporate certain principles into its mission statement. In the statement, the institution must declare all of the following. One, it will educate students by means of free, open, and rigorous intellectual inquiry to seek the truth. Two, its duty is to equip students with the opportunity to develop the intellectual skills they need to re- reach their own informed conclusions. Three, it is a duty to ensure that within or outside the classroom the institution will not require, favor, disfavor, or prohibit speech, or lawful assembly. Four, it is committed to creating a community of Dedicated to ethnic ethic of civil and free inquiry, which respects the autonomy of each member, supports individual capacities for growth, and tolerates the differences in opinion that naturally occur in, higher, in public higher education community. Five, its duty is to treat all faculty, staff, and students as individuals to hold them equal standards and provide them a quality of opportunity. Affirmations and Policies on Equal Opportunity The bill requires each state institution to do both of the following with respect to every position, policy, program and activity. 1. Treat all faculty, staff and students as individuals. Hold every individual to equal standards and provide every individual with the quality of opportunity with regard to those individual's race, ethnicity, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity or gender expression. And 2. Provide no advantage or disadvantage to faculty, staff, or students on the basis of race, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression in admissions, hiring, promotion, tenuring, or workplace conditions. The bill defines position, policy, program, and activity to include all of the following. 1. All forms of employment, including staff positions, internships, and work studies. Two, all policies, including mission statements, hiring policies, promotion policies, and tenure policies. Three, all programs and positions, including deanships, provostships, offices, programs presented by residence halls and committees. And four, all activities, including those conducted by the administrative units of orientation, first-year experience, student life, and residential life. Prohibition on support and training for certain concepts. The bill prohibits state institutions from providing or requiring training for any administrator, teacher, staff member, or employee that advocates or promotes any of the following concepts. 1. One race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. 2. An individual, by virtue of the individual's race or sex, is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. Three, an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partly due to the individual's race. Four, members of one's race cannot or should not attempt to treat others without respect to race. 5. An individual's moral standing or worth is necessarily determined by the individual's race or sex. 6. An individual, by virtue of the individual's race or sex, bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. 7. An individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of the individual's race or sex. 8. Meritocracy Or traits such as hard work, ethic, or racist are racist or sexist, or were created by members of particular race to oppress members of another race. Nine. Fault, blame or bias should be assigned to race or sex or to members of race or sex because of their race or sex. The bill requires each state institution to implement a range of disciplinary sanctions for any administrator, teacher, staff member, or employee who authorizes or engages in a training prohibited above. Each state institution is required to issue an annual report including all violations of the above training prohibition with all consequent disciplinary sanctions and statistics on the academic qualifications of accepted and matriculating students, disaggregated by race and sex. The statistics must include information correlating students' academic qualifications and retention rates, disaggregated by race and sex. State institutions are required to post the reports in a prominent place on the state's institution's website. Segregation Prohibition The bill requires state institutions to prohibit all policies explicitly designed to segregate faculty, staff, or students based on those individuals' race, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression in credit-earning classroom settings, formal orientation ceremonies, and formal graduation ceremonies. Higher Education Employee Strikes The bill prohibits state institutions of higher education employees from striking. Instead, those employees must submit to a final offer settlement procedure to settle unresolved collective bargaining disputes with their employers in accordance with continuing law. In the event of a strike by these employees, the institution of higher education that employs them may seek an injunction against the strike in the court of common pleas of the county where the strike occurs. The Public Employees' Collective Bargaining Law, PECBL, governs collective bargaining between public employees and public employees who are subject to that law. Under the Public Employees' Collective Bargaining Law, all matters related to wages, hours, or terms, and other conditions of public employment are subject to collective bargaining between the public employer and the employee organization, essentially a union. That represents the employer's public employees. The public employees' collective bargaining law establishes a timeline and requirements for negotiating collective bargaining agreements. It also specifies procedures the parties must follow if they reach an impasse during negotiations, including submitting unresolved issues to a fact-finding panel. If the parties are unable to reach an agreement within seven days after the publication of findings and recommendations from a fact-finding panel, or if any existing collective bargaining agreement has expired, the public employees who are permitted to strike may do so in accordance with statutory procedures. Public employees who are not permitted to strike must follow a final offer settlement procedure to settle unresolved collective bargaining disputes with their employers. In a general public employee collective bargaining law, currently prohibits peace officers, firefighters, correction officers, public service dispatchers, employees, and state school of the State School for the Deaf and the State School for the Blind, and a limited number of public se- sector health care workers from striking. Under continuing law, public employees governed by the Public Employees' Collective Bargaining Law engage in a strike that is not authorized under the Public Employees' Collective Bargaining Law. The employees may be subject to discipline in accordance with the procedures specified in the Public Employees' Collective, collective Bargaining Law. Faculty Evaluations student and peer evaluations. The bill requires the state institution of higher education to establish a written system of faculty evaluations completed by students and focusing on teaching, effectiveness, and student learning. For this purpose, the Chancellor of Higher Education must develop a minimum set of standard questions that the state institution's must include in student evaluations of faculty members. The set of questions must include the question, does the faculty member create a classroom atmosphere free of political, racial, gender, and religious bias? In addition to student evaluation of faculty members, the bill requires each state institution to establish a written system of peer evaluations for faculty members. The evaluations must place an emphasis on the faculty members of professional development regarding the faculty members' teaching responsibilities. Under the bill, this section takes effect on July 1, 2024. Faculty Annual Performance Evaluations The bill requires the Board of Trustees of each state institution to adopt and submit to a, the Chancellor of a Faculty Annual Performance Evaluation Policy. The Board of Trustees must review and update the policy every five years. Each state institution must conduct an annual evaluation for each full-time faculty member it directly compensates. Each evaluation conducted by a state university under its policy must meet all of the following. 1. The evaluation is comprehensive and includes standardized objective and measurable performance metrics. 2. The evaluation includes an assessment for each of the following areas, that the faculty member has spent at least 5% of their annual work time on over the preceding year. A. Teaching. B. Research. C. Service. D. Clinical Care. E. Administration. F. Other categories as determined by the state institution. The evaluation includes a summary assessment of the above performance areas that includes the parameters, exceeds performance expectation, meets performance performance expectations or is, or does not meet performance expectations. Four. Student evaluations conducted in a bill account for at least 50% of the teaching area component of the evaluation. Five. The evaluation establishes a projected work effort distributed for the faculty member which will be used for the next year's evaluation. This distribution must be compliant with the state's institution's established workload policies and must be approved by the dean of the faculty or the equivalent. Evaluations must be conducted by the department chairperson or equivalent administrator reviewed and approved or disapproved by the dean and submitted to the provost for review. If the chairperson and dean disagree, the provost must have final decision authority. Under the bill, this section takes effect on July 1, 2024. Collective Bargaining With respect to collective bargaining agreements entered into under the PECBL, which is the collective trade bargaining law, on or after July 1, 2024, employees of the state institution may not collectively bargain with the institution regarding faculty evaluations developed under the bill. Additionally, the evaluation system and policies established under the bill prevail over any conflicting provision of a collective bargaining agreement entered into on or after that date. The bill's prohibition against collective bargaining on faculty evaluations is identical to a continuing law prohibition against collective bargaining faculty workload policies described below. Post-Tenure Review Policy The bill requires each state institution that has tenured faculty members to adopt a post-tenure review policy and submit the policy to the chancellor. Each state institution's board of trustees must adopt the policy every five years. Under the bill, a state institution must conduct a post-tenure review if a tenured faculty member receives a does-not-meet-performance-expectations evaluation within the same evaluation category for at least two of the past three consecutive years on the faculty member's member's annual performance review. If a faculty member maintains tenure after a post-tenure review and then receives an additional does-not-meet-performance-expectations assessment on any area of the faculty member's annual performance evaluation in the subsequent two years, then the state institution must subject Subject the faculty member to additional post tenure review. If a faculty member has documented and sustained record of significant underperformance outside of the faculty member's annual performance evaluation, the department chairperson, dean of faculty, or provost of the same state institution may require an immediate and forecast post tenure review. For this purpose, the support cause cannot be based on a faculty member's allowable expression of academic freedom as defined by state institution or Ohio law. A state institution's post-tenure review due process period cannot exceed six months except that the state institution president may grant a one-time two-month extension. Prohibition on Support and Training for Certain Concepts the bill prohibits state institutions from providing or requiring training for any administrator, teacher, staff member, or employee that advocates or promotes any of the following concepts. 1. One race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. 2. An individual, by virtue of the individual's race or sex, is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. Three, an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partly due to the individual's race. Four, members of one's race cannot or should not attempt to treat others without respect to race. Five, an individual's moral standing or worth is necessarily determined by the individual's race or sex. Six, an individual, by virtue of the individual's race or sex, bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. Seven, an individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of the individual's race or sex. Eight. Meritocracy or traits such as hard work, ethic, or racist are racist or sexist, or were created by members of particular race to oppress members of another race. Nine. Fault, blame, or bias should be assigned to race or sex or to members of race or sex because of their race or sex. The bill requires each state institution to implement a range of disciplinary sanctions for any administrator, teacher, staff member, or employee who authorizes or engages in a training prohibited above. Each state institution is required to issue an annual report including all violations of the above training prohibition, with all consequent disciplinary sanctions and statistics on the academic qualifications of accepted and matriculating students, disaggregated by race and sex. The statistics must include information correlating students' academic qualifications and retention rates, disaggregated by race and sex. State institutions are required to post the reports in a prominent place on the state's institution's website. Segregation Prohibition The bill requires state institutions to prohibit all policies explicitly designed to segregate faculty, staff, or students based on those individuals' race, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression in credit-earning classroom settings, formal orientation ceremonies, and formal graduation ceremonies. Higher Education Employee Strikes The bill prohibits state institutions of higher education employees from striking. Instead, those employees must submit to a final offer settlement procedure to settle unresolved collective bargaining disputes with their employers in accordance with continuing law. In the event of a strike by these employees, the institution of higher education that employs them may seek an injunction against the strike in the court of common pleas of the county where the strike occurs. The Public Employees' Collective Bargaining Law, PECBL, governs collective bargaining between public employees and public employees who are subject to that law. Under the Public Employees' Collective Bargaining Law, all matters related to wages, hours, or terms, and other conditions of public employment are subject to collective bargaining between the public employer and the employee organization, essentially a union. That represents the employer's public employees. The public employees' collective bargaining law establishes a timeline and requirements for negotiating collective bargaining agreements. It also specifies procedures the parties must follow if they reach an impasse during negotiations, including submitting unresolved issues to a fact-finding panel. If the parties are unable to reach an agreement within seven days after the publication of findings and recommendations from a fact-finding panel or if any existing collective bargaining agreement has expired, the public employees who are permitted to strike may do so in accordance with statutory procedures. Public employees who are not permitted to strike must follow a final offer settlement procedure to settle unresolved collective bargaining disputes with their employers. In a general, public employee collective bargaining law currently prohibits peace officers, firefighters, correction officers, public service dispatchers, employees and state school of the state school for the deaf and the state school for the blind, and a limited number of public se- sector health care workers from striking. Under continuing law, public employees governed by the Public Employees Collective Bargaining Law engage in a strike that is not authorized under the Public Employees Collective Bargaining Law. The employees may be subject to discipline in accordance with the procedures specified in the Public Employees Collective collective Bargaining Law. Faculty Evaluations student and peer evaluations. The bill requires the state institution of higher education to establish a written system of faculty evaluations completed by students and focusing on teaching, effectiveness, and student learning. For this purpose, the Chancellor of Higher Education must develop a minimum set of standard questions that the state institution's must include in student evaluations of faculty members. The set of questions must include the question, does the faculty member create a classroom atmosphere free of political, racial, gender, and religious bias? In addition to student evaluation of faculty members, the bill requires each state institution to establish a written system of peer evaluations for faculty members. The evaluations must place an emphasis on the faculty members of professional development regarding the faculty members' teaching responsibilities. Under the bill, this section takes effect on July 1, 2024. Faculty Annual Performance Evaluations The bill requires the Board of Trustees of each state institution to adopt and submit to the Chancellor a Faculty Annual Performance Evaluation Policy. The Board of Trustees must review and update the policy every five years. Each state institution must conduct an annual evaluation for each full-time faculty member it directly compensates. Each evaluation conducted by a state university under its policy must meet all of the following. 1. The evaluation is comprehensive and includes standardized objective and measurable performance metrics. 2. The evaluation includes an assessment for each of the following areas, that the faculty member has spent at least 5% of their annual work time on over the preceding year. A. Teaching. B. Research. C. Service. D. Clinical Care. E. Administration. F. Other categories as determined by the state institution. The evaluation includes a summary assessment of the above performance areas that includes the parameters, exceeds performance expectation, meets performance performance expectations or, is, or does not meet performance expectations. 4. Student evaluations conducted in a bill account for at least 50% of the teaching area component of the evaluation. 5. The evaluation establishes a projected work effort distributed for the faculty member which will be used for the next year's evaluation. This distribution must be compliant with the state's institution's established workload policies and must be approved by the dean of the faculty or the equivalent. Evaluations must be conducted by the department chairperson or equivalent administrator reviewed and approved or disapproved by the dean and submitted to the provost for review. If the chairperson and dean disagree, the provost must have final decision authority. Under the bill, this section takes effect on July 1, 2024. Collective Bargaining With respect to collective bargaining agreements entered into under the PECBL, which is the Collective Trade Bargaining Law, on or after July 1, 2024, employees of the state institution may not collectively bargain with the institution regarding faculty evaluations developed under the bill. Additionally, the evaluation system and policies established under the bill prevail over any conflicting provision of a collective bargaining agreement entered into on or after that date. The bill's prohibition against collective bargaining on faculty evaluations is identical to a continuing law prohibition against collective bargaining faculty workload policies described below. Post-Tenure Review Policy The bill requires each state institution that has tenured faculty members to adopt a post-tenure review policy and submit the policy to the Chancellor. Each state institution's Board of Trustees must adopt the policy every five years. Under the bill, a state institution must conduct a post-tenure review if a tenured faculty member receives a does-not-meet-performance-expectations evaluation within the same evaluation category for at least two of the past three consecutive years on the faculty member's member's annual performance review. If a faculty member maintains tenure after a post-tenure review and then receives an additional does-not-meet-performance-expectations assessment on any area of the faculty member's annual performance evaluation in the subsequent two years, then the state institution must subject Subject the faculty member to additional post tenure review. If a faculty member has documented and sustained record of significant underperformance outside of the faculty member's annual performance evaluation, the department chairperson, dean of faculty, or provost of the same state institution may require an immediate and forecast post tenure review. For this purpose, for-cause cannot be based on a faculty member's allowable expression of academic freedom as defined by state institution or Ohio law. A state institution's post-tenure review due process period cannot exceed six months except that the state institution president may grant a one-time two-month extension. At the conclusion of a post tenure review, the state institution's provost must submit a recommended outcome of the post tenure review process to the institution's entity that is responsible for making the final decision of post tenure review pursuant to the institution's policy. The institution may take administrative action under the post tenure review process, including censure, remedial training, or for cause termination regardless of the tenure status and any other action permitted by the institution's post-tenure review policy. Additionally, the bill requires state institutions of higher education that have tenured faculty members to develop policies on tenure and retrenchment and submit those policies to the chancellor. Each state institution must update those policies every five years. As with faculty evaluation policies described above, a post-tenure review, tenure, or retrenchment policy adopted in accordance with the bill is not subject to collective bargaining between the institution and its employees. Under the bill, these sections take effect on July 1, 2024. Uniform Prudent Management of Institutional Funds Act, Cause of Action for Equitable Relief. Under the bill, an endowment agreement means a gift to instruments signed by a person and a state institution of higher education where the person commits to transfer property to the state institution of higher education or another state institution of higher education and the institution commits that it or parentheses or the other state institution of higher education and parentheses will hold or administer the property as an endowment fund. Continuing law defines an endowment fund as an institutional fund that, under the terms of the gift instrument, is not wholly expendable by the institution at the current time. Endowment funds are subject to restrictions on management, investment, spending, or purpose that may be contained in an associated endowment agreement. The bill establishes the scope and the procedures for civil action when a state institution of higher education violates a restriction in an endowment agreement. After such violation, the person who transferred property through the agreement or the person's benefactor representative may submit a claim to the charitable law section of the Attorney General's Office. The bill defines benefactor representative as either the administrator or executor of a person's estate, a person designated in the endowment agreement to act in the place of the party to the agreement in the resolving disputes. The bill specifies that the benefactor representative does not mean the state institution of the higher education receiving or administrating property under the endowment agreement. If a benefactor representative is named in the endowment agreement, they are the only benefactor representative, regardless of whether the person who transferred the property also has an estate, administrator, or executor the Attorney General may enforce the endowment agreement by filing a complaint in the proper court for breach of the agreement or to obtain a declaration of rights and duties expressed therein. If the Attorney General does not obtain full compliance with 180 days of the complaint, the person who transferred property under the agreement or their benefactor representative may file a complaint of their own for breach of the agreement or to obtain a declaration of rights and duties. The complaint may be filed regardless of any contrary terms of the agreement, but the complaint must not seek an award of any damages, costs, fees, money, or other property. Instead, the complaint must seek only uh, declaratory relief or equitable relief, consistent with the charitable purposes of both the endowment agreement and the state institution of higher education. By contrast, a state institution of higher education may obtain only a declaration of rights and duties under the endowment agreement. The institution may seek a declaration as part of a suit brought against it or by filing its own complaint in the proper court. Procedures and deadlines for filing a complaint. The bill requires a complaint to, fi- to name as parties the Attorney General, the state institution of higher education that signed the agreement. Any state institution of higher education that currently administers property subject to the agreement, and if the Ohio Attorney General files the complaint within fifty years of the effective date of the agreement, each person that transferred property under that agreement or their benefactor representative. If a person who transferred property under the endowment agreement is not named as a party, the court may not act of the merits of the complaint or on any motion to address its merits without first ensuring that the plaintiff acted diligently to notify that person or their benefactor representative and that they have opportunity to be heard or to intervene. Any cause of action brought under the bill must be filed within six years of discovering a violation of the endowment agreement. However, No cause of action may be brought under the bill more than 50 years after the effective date of the endowment agreement. If the person who transferred property or their benefactor representative notifies the attorney general during the sixth year after discovering the violation, the deadline by which they must file a complaint is extended by 210 days. Applicability the bill's endowment agreement provisions apply only to one endowment fund's established on or after the 120th day following the provision's effective date and to breaches of the endowment agreement that occur on or after the date. If the endowment fund exists prior to the 120th day, the bill still applies but only to breaches that occur on or after that day. Any breach that occurred prior to the 120th day after the provision's effective date is not subject to the bill. Furthermore, the changes apply only to the endowment agreements involving a state institution of higher education. Violations of agreements governing other types of endowment funds are not subject to the bill. Under continuing law, a state institution of higher education means a community college, state community college, university branch, technical college, or public institution of higher education. The term include all of the following, University of Akron, Bowling Green State University, Central State University, University of Cincinnati, Cleveland State University, Kent State University, Miami University, Northeast Ohio Medical University, Ohio University, Ohio State University, Shawnee State University, University of Toledo, Wright State University, and Youngstown State University. Other changes, five-year institutional cost summaries. The bill requires each state institution of higher education for each biennial main operating appropriations bill and capital appropriations bill to prepare and submit to the chancellor by a date determined by the chancellor a rolling five-year summary of its institutional costs to be considered by the General Assembly when evaluating operating and capital uh, capital project funding. The chancellor is required to submit a report to the General Assembly, including each state's Institution five year institutional cost summary. Each state institution's institutional cost summary must consist of the following categories 1. All costs related to student instruction, including instructor salaries, benefits, and related operating costs. 2. All general staff costs related to maintenance, grounds, utilities, food service, and other areas as determined by the state institution. 3. All other costs for state, including academic administrators, counseling, financial aid, assistance, healthcare services, and housing management. For each of the above categories, a state institution's five-year institutional cost institutional cost summary must include all of the following: one, a detailed breakdown of annual costs and employee headcounts. Two, a complete accounting of all spending on diversity, equity, and inclusion, or other related subjects. Three, an annual count of all faculty, administration, and employees. The bill requires the chancellor to consult with state institutions of higher education to develop a standardized report format for the five-year institutional cost summaries and a uniform approach to completing the re- required categories. The bill also requires that the During the General Assembly's consideration of the Main Operating Appropriations and Capital Appropriations Bill, the President of each state institution of higher education or the Chancellor has the opportunity to present in front of the General Assembly in the appropriate hearings conducted by committees that consider higher education legislation. The President or Chancellor may use the opportunity to provide commentary on trends, potential justifications or other explanations regarding the state's institution's five-year institutional cost summary. The Chancellor is required to create and present to the General Assembly prior to the enactment of the main operating appropriations and capital appropriations bill, an aggregation report summarizing the total institutional costs for state universities and community colleges separately. Faculty Workload Policies the bill requires state institutions of higher education instead of only state universities as under current law to do all of the following. One, jointly develop standards with the Chancellor of Higher Education for instructional workloads for full-time and part-time faculty that keep with the institution's missions, place a special emphasis on the undergraduate learning experience, and contain clear guidelines for accessible, acceptable undergraduate teaching. Two, Take formal action to adopt a faculty workload policy consistent with the standards developed by the Chancellor. 3. Review the state institution's policy on faculty tenure and update that policy. 4. Require multiple pathways for tenure to receive certain state funds. The bill also requires each state institution of higher education to, every five years, update its existing faculty workload policy and submit the revised policy to the chancellor. The state institution's board of trustees must approve the policy each time the state institution submits an updated policy to the chancellor. Each policy must include all of the following. An objective to the numerically... Define teaching workload expectation based on credit hours as defined under federal law. A definition of all faculty workload elements in terms of credit hours as under federal law. With a full-time workload minimum standards established by the state's institution board of trustees and made publicly accessible on the state institution's website. A definition of justifiable credit hour equivalents for activities other than teaching include research, clinical care, administration, service, and other activities as determined by the state institution. Administrative action that state institutions may take if a faculty member fails to comply with the policy's requirements, including censure, remedial training for cause, termination, or other disciplinary action, regardless of the tenure status. Termination under these circumstances must be required the recommendation of the dean, provost, or equivalent official concurrences of the state institution's president and approval of the state institution's board of trustees. Under existing law, state universities have been required to have a formally adopted faculty workload policy since June 30th of 94. These existing policies were required to be based on standards developed by the chancellor with the state university input. under this bill this section takes out takes effect on July 1st 2024 under continuing law faculty workload policies are not subject to collective bargaining between state university and its employees and a university's policy prevails over and over over a conflicting term in the collective bargaining agreement the bill applies the collective uh, collective bargaining agreement over there over a conflicting term in any collective bargaining agreement entered into or on or after the section's effective date. American government or history requirement. Beginning with students who graduate in the spring of twenty twenty nine academic year, the bill prohibits each state institution from granting a bachelor's degree to to any student who has not completed a course with at least three credit hours in the subject area of American government or American history. The bill requires the chancellor to develop the course in compliance with the criteria, policies, and procedures established under RC3333.16. The course may be offered under the College Credit Plus program. The course must include both of the following. 1. A requirement that students read all of the following a. The entire United States Constitution, b. The entire Declaration of Independence, c. At least five essays in their entirety from the Federalist Papers, with essays being selected by the department chair, d. The entire Emancipation Proclamation, e. The entire Getty, Gettysburg Address, f. The entire letter, of, letter from the Br- Birmingham Jail written by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., Two, a requirement that students pass a cumulative final examination at the end of the course that assesses student proficiency on the required readings. The president of a state university or the president's designee may exempt a student from the course requirement if the president or designee determines that the student has either, one, completed at least three credit hours, or the equivalent in a course in the subject area of American history or American government, or two, pass an examination developed by the chancellor that assesses the student's competence and the required readings and concepts in the course. Syllabus Requirements. The bill requires each state institution of higher education to make a syllabus for each undergraduate course that offers for college credit available to the public. Under the bill, a syllabus is a document produced for students by a course instructor that includes all of the following 1 the name of the course instructor 2 a calendar for the course outlining what materials and topics will be covered and when they will be covered 3 a list of any required or recommended readings for the course and 4 the course instructor's professional qualifications State institutions must make a syllabus for each of the undergraduate courses offered for college credit publicly available no later than on the first day of classes for the semester or academic term in which the course is offered by doing either of the following. 1. Ensuring that each course instructor posts a syllabus on a publicly accessible website that includes information on the course instructor professional qualifications, contact information, course schedule, and a link or download for the syllabus for each course the instructor is currently teaching Two, posting each course's syllabus on the institution's publicly accessible website. Each syllabus posted to the institution's website must remain on the state institution's website for at least two years after being posted for the first time. If a syllabus posted by a course instructor is no longer used upon request, the course instructor must make that syllabus available for at least two years after posting the syllabus. To the extent practicable, each state institution must ensure that the most recently updated syllabus for each undergraduate course offered for college credit is posted according to these requirements. State institutions are not required to adhere to the syllabus posting requirement for courses offered through the College Credit Plus program that are delivered in a secondary school and taught by a high school teacher. The board of trustees of each state institution is required to designate an administrator to implement these requirements. The administrator is permitted to delegate the responsibilities to one or more administrative employees. The bill also requires all of the following to occur by the 1st day of January each year. 1. Each state institution submits a written report regarding its compliance with the syllabus posting requirements. 2. The chancellor prepares a report including all the syllabus compliance reports received from state institutions. and 3. The chancellor submits the chancellor's report To the governor, speaker of the House of Representatives, president of the Senate, and chairpersons of the Senate and House of Representatives, standing committees that consider higher education legislation. Interactions with the People's Republic of China. The bill prohibits state institutions of higher education from accepting gifts, donations, or contributions from the People's Republic of China or any organizations that the institution reasonably suspects are acting on behalf of the People's Republic of China. The bill explicitly states that this does not prohibit state institutions from accepting payments from Chinese citizens related to instructional fees, general fees, special fees, cost of instruction, or educational expenses or donations from the institution's alumni. The bill defines the People's Republic of China as the government of China, the Chinese Communist Party, the People's Liberation Army, or any other extension of or entity affiliated with the government of China. The bill also requires the state institution to submit to the Chancellor a copy of the foreign gifts report it submits to the United States Department of Education pursuant to federal law regarding the disclosure of foreign gifts. The bill also requires the Chancellor to make any information reported by state institutions available to any member of the General Assembly who requests it. Under the bill, state institutions are prohibited from entering into a new or renewed academic partnership with an academic or research institution located in China unless the state institution receives approval from the Chancellor of Higher Education. The Chancellor may only approve a state institution's partnership if the Chancellor, in consultation with the Attorney General, determines that the state institution maintains sufficient structural safeguards to je- to protect the state institution's intellectual property, the security of the state of Ohio, and the national security interests of the United States. To be approved as state institution safeguards must meet the following requirements. One, compliance with all federal requirements, including the requirements of federal research sponsors and federal export control agencies, including regulations regarding international traffic in arms and export administrative regulations and economic and trade sanctions administered by the Federal Office of Foreign Asset Control, two, annual formal institution-level programs for faculty on conflicts of interest and conflicts of commitment, and three, a formalized foreign visitor process and uniform visiting scholar agreement. The bill requires the auditor of state to audit the safeguards implemented by the state institutions of higher education during the course of a normal audit. Board of Trustee Training The bill requires the chancellor to develop and annually provide educational programs for the board of trustees of each state institution. The chancellor must consult with state institutions and members of their boards of trustees as part of this process. The programs may be held online and be offered periodically. New members of the board of trustees must participate in the programs at least one time within their first two years in office. Current trustees are required to participate in continuing trustee training as determined by the chancellor. The educational programs developed by the chancellor must be designed to address the roles, duties, and responsibilities of a trustee that may include in-service programs on current issues in higher education. The chancellor may consider similar programs offered in other states or through a recognized trustee group. The educational programs must include presentations and content related to all of the following. One, each board member's duty to the state of Ohio. Two, the committee structure and function of a board of trustees. Three, the duties and the executive committee of board of trustees. Four, professional accounting and reporting standards. Five, methods for meeting the statutory, regulatory, and fiduciary obligations of a board of trustees. Six, Public records law requirements. 7. Institutional ethics and conflicts of interest. 8. Creating and implementing institution-wide rules and regulations. 9. Business operations, administration, budgeting, financing, financial report, and financial reserves, including a segment on endowment management. 10. Fixing student general and instructional fees and other necessary changes, including a review of student debt trends. 11. Overseeing, planning, construction, maintenance, expansion, and renovation projects that impact the state's institutions' consolidated infrastructure, physical facilities, and natural environment, including its lands, improvements, and capital equipment. 12. Workforce planning, strategy, and investment. 13 institutional advancement including philanthropic giving fundraising initiatives alumni programming communications and media government and public relations and community affairs student welfare issues including academic studies curriculum residence life student governance and activities and general physical and psychological well-being of undergraduate and graduate students. Fifteen, current national and state issues in higher education. And sixteen, future national and state issues in higher education. The bill also eliminates an existing law requirement that the chancellor develop voluntary model training for state institution board of trustee members. State Institution of Higher Education Trustee Terms of Office. The bill reduces from nine to four years the length of the terms of office for each non student State University Board of Trustees member appointed on and after January 1, 2024. The bill also eliminates the prohibition against reappointing a person who has served at least six years of a term. As a State University Board of trustee member, unless four years have elapsed since the last day of the person's previous term. The bill reduces from five to four years the length of terms of office for each Community College Board of Trustees member appointed by the Governor on and after January 1, 2024. The bill increases the length of terms of office for each technical college board of trustees member appointed by the governor on and after January 1st, 2024. From three to four years. Finally, the bill reduces from six to four years the length of the terms of office for each state community college board of trustees member appointed on or after January 1st, 2024. Northeast Ohio Medical University Principal Goals. The bill removes the language that establishes the principal goals of the Northeast Ohio Medical University to work in collaboration with area state universities. Other Higher Education Provisions Three-Year Bachelor's Degree Study The bill requires the Department of Higher Education to complete a feasibility study regarding the implementation of bachelor degree programs in the state that require three years to complete. The study must investigate a variety of fields of study and determine the feasibility of reducing specific course requirements, quantity of electives, and total credit hours required for graduation. The study cannot include the use of College Credit Plus or any other current programs used to accelerate degree programs. The study must also present and evaluate potential issues related to accreditation, the bill requires the department to submit a report to the General Assembly regarding the study's findings within one year of the bill's effective date. Under continuing law, the chancellor has a condition of the reauthorization for certification of each baccalaureate program the state institution offers must require all state institutions that offer baccalaureate progr- degrees to submit a statement describing how each major may be completed within three academic years. Under this requirement, the state institutions are permitted to include Advanced Placement Credits, International Baccalaureate Program Credits, and College Credit Plus Credits. This bill was introduced on 3-14-23. It was reported by the Workforce in Higher Education on 5-17-23, and it passed the Senate twenty one ten on May 17, 2023. HB... Eighty-three, fiscal note and local impact statement. Primary sponsor is Senator Serino. Highlights, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI provisions. State institutions of higher education may experience potentially significant increases in administrative costs to implement the bill's policies related to DEI, depending on each institution's current policies and practices. These costs may be related to the adoption of new or redrafting of existing policies, restraining employees, and redesigning courses. Institutions may also experience administrative cost saving through the elimination of current DEI activities. In particular, personnel costs may be lowered and faculty and staff positions primarily dedicated to DEI are eliminated rather than redirected to other departments or positions. Other Higher Education Provisions Any state institution that does not currently offer enough courses in American government or American history to instruct every student as prerequisite for a bachelor's degree may need to hire additional faculty to teach those courses. The cost for the new faculty would be offset somewhat by additional tuition and state share of the instruction SSI revenue from students who enroll and complete those classes. Some state institutions may incur costs to have a syllabus for each undergraduate course ready to post publicly by the time each class starts. To the extent that a state institution is currently receiving gifts, donations, or contributions from organization that may be acting on behalf of the government of China, it will forego such revenue. A state institution may also forego revenue associated with an agreement between it and an academic or research institution located in China. Mean, if it is unable to maintain sufficient structural safeguards. Ohio Department of Ohio Higher Education responsibilities. The bill will increase the administrative costs for the Ohio Department of Higher Education to provide education programs for the Board of Trustees of each state institution and to conduct feasibility study regarding the implementation or bachelor's degree program in the state that require three years to complete. Detailed Analysis Overview The bill makes numerous changes to laws governing higher education. These changes include prohibiting employees from state institutions of higher education from striking, modifying the length of terms of office for state university and community college board of trustee members to four years, authorizing certain individuals to submit complaints to the office of the attorney general for violations of endowment agreements at the state institutions of higher education. And new requirements for state institutions regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI policies, and training, intellectual diversity and faculty evaluations. The bill requires each state institution to one prepare and submit to go submit to the Chancellor of Higher Education prior to each operating and capital appropriations bill a rolling five-year summary of its institutional costs, two update and submit to the chancellor at least once every five years its faculty workload policy. 3. Conduct an annual evaluation for each full-time faculty member and directly compensates. 4. Adopt and develop policies on post-tenure review and tenure and retrenchment, respectively. 5. Implement a three-credit hour American Government or History course requirement for certain students beginning with students who graduate in the spring of 2029, and six, submit submit and post on its website various reports required by the bill. Some of these provisions may marginally increase administrative costs for state institutions, while others will increase administrative costs more substantially. When taken as a whole, however, administrative costs may increase significantly, potentially resulting in the need to hire additional staff to handle the increased workload. The bill may also result in administrative cost savings. Additionally, some provisions may affect one sector type of the state institution more than the other. The Ohio Department of Higher Education, ODHE, will also incur increased administration, administrative costs for fulfilling several new responsibilities required under the bill. Provisions with the most notable fiscal effects are discussed below. For more information on all of the provisions in the bill, please see the bill analysis. DEI-regulated provisions, segregation prohibition. The bill requires state institutions of higher education to permit all policies explicitly designed to segregate faculty, staff, or students based on those individuals' race, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression in credit-earning classroom settings, formal orientation ceremonies, and formal graduation ceremonies. Costs for state institutions to implement this provision will depend on the extent to which they are currently segregating students based upon these specified identities. Prohibition on support and training for certain concepts. The bill prohibits state institutions from using race, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression to do either of the following in relation to faculty, staff, or students. 1. Provide uh, disparate treatment 2. Provide any advantage or disadvantage in admissions, hiring, promotion, tenuring, or workplace conditions. It also prohibits state institutions from requiring training for any administrator, teacher, staff member, or employee that advocates or promotes certain listed concepts regarding race or sex and requires them to implement a range of disciplinary sanctions for any administrator, teacher, staff, student, member, or employee who authorizes or engage in a prohibited training. Administrative costs for state institutions will increase to adopt policies that align with this provision and to the extent that these provisions diverge from current policy to develop and provide retraining for faculty and staff. For example, according to the Ohio Association of Community Colleges, OACC, these provisions would lead to reopening and renegotiating collective bargaining agreements, which could result in significant cost increase. On the other hand, state institutions may experience a reduction in operating expenditures depending on how they decide to respond to these provisions. For example, to the extent that the state institution is currently funding anything that is based on the identities specified above, the state institution may decline, decide to eliminate certain faculty and staff positions, which may result in significant cost savings. DEI and Intellectual Diversity The bill requires state institutions to adopt and enforce a policy that requires the institution to prohibit, affirm, and declare or demonstrate a series of 13 prescribed requirements related to DEI, intellectual diversity, and other concepts. Some of these provisions require the state institution to prohibit any mandatory programs or training courses regarding DEI. Affirm and declare that the institution will not encourage, discourage, require, or forbid students, faculty, or administrators to endorse, assent to, or publicly express a given ideology, political stance, or view of social policy, and to demonstrate intellectual diversity for course approval, approval of courses to satisfy general education requirements, student course evaluations, common reading programs, annual reviews, strategic goals for each department, and student learning outcomes. Each state institution must also implement a range of disciplinary sanctions for any administrator, faculty member, staff, or student who interferes with the intellectual diversity rights of another individual. State institutions will incur costs to adopt and enforce this policy. According to the OACC, costs may include additional compensation to faculty to redesign courses to ensure that each course is in compliance with these provisions. As the process of a course redesign is often detailed in collective bargaining agreements, additionally, according to the Inter-University Council of Ohio, IUC, investigating and adjudicating violations of intellectual diversity rights may result in costs similar to addressing violations of Title IX, which varies by institution based on how many cases they have each year. American Government or History Requirement. Beginning with students who graduate in the spring of 2029, the bill prohibits each state institution of higher education from granting a bachelor's degree to any student who has not completed a course with at least three credit hours in the subject area of American Government or American History. The bill authorizes a state institution to exempt a student from this requirement if it determines a student has either completed at least a three credit hours or equivalent in a course in one of those subject areas or pass the ODHE-developed examination that assesses the student's competency in a list of specified documents and concepts. A state institution may need to hire additional faculty to teach these courses if it does not currently offer enough courses in American government or American history to instruct every student. Any new faculty costs may be offset somewhat by additional tuition revenue received from students enrolling in those courses and subsidy received from the ODHE under the State Share of Instruction SSI formula for students who complete those courses. Syllabus posting. The bill generally requires each state institution of higher education to make and post on its website a syllabus for each undergraduate course it offers for college credit, or ensure that each instructor posts one or another publicly accessible website, no later than the first day of classes for the semester or academic term in which the course is offered. Some state institutions may already post a syllabus for each course on its website in a similar manner as prescribed by the bill. For these state institutions, there may be a minimal administrative cost to meet the requirements of this bill. However, other state institutions may experience administrative costs likely exceeding minimal to make and post their course syllabi in a time frame manner prescribed by the bill. The bill does not exempt from these requirements certain college courses that are offered through the College Credit Plus program. Faculty Evaluations The bill requires, effective July 1, 2024, each state institution of higher education to establish written systems of faculty evaluations completed by students and peers that focus on teaching effectiveness and student learning and on the faculty members' professional. Development related to the faculty members' teaching responsibilities, respectively. The bill also requires each state institution to conduct an annual evaluation for each full time faculty member. It directly compensates that must meet a series of prescribed requirements. Each institution must review and update its policy every five years. Overall, administrative costs are likely to increase for state institutions, mostly dependent upon. Um, how close any evaluation system each state institution has in place is to meeting the bill's requirement. According to IUC and OACC, these costs could be significant, especially if it requires state institutions to create a new evaluation system from scratch or to renegotiate existing or negotiate new employment contracts or collective bargaining agreements. Interactions with the government of China The bill prohibits state institutions of higher education from accepting gifts, donations, or contributions from the government of China or any organization that institution reasonably suspects is acting on, be- on its behalf. However, payments from Chinese citizens related to instructional fees, general fees, special fees, <coughs> excuse me, cost fees, costs of instruction, or educational expenses, or donations from the institution's alumni are expressly allowed. State institutions are also prohibited from entering into a new or renewed academic partnership with an academic or research institution located in China unless the state institution maintains sufficient structural safeguards to protect the intellectual property and state and national security as determined by the Chancellor in consultation with the Ohio Attorney General. The bill requires the auditor of state to audit the safeguards implemented by the state institution under the course of a normal audit. To the extent that a state institution is currently receiving gifts, donations, or contributions from the government of China or an organization that may be acting on behalf of the government of China, it will forego such revenue. A state institution may forego revenue associated with an agreement between it and an academic or research institution located in China if it is unable to maintain sufficient structural safeguards. Ohio Department of Higher Education Administrative Costs The bill contains several provisions that will increase the administrative costs for the Ohio Department of Higher Education. Among several Department of Higher Education-related requirements, the bill requires the Ohio Department of Higher Education to do the following. One, develop and annually provide educational programs to the Board of Trustees of each state institution of higher education. Two, prepare and report on several of the provisions in this bill, including a report that includes all state institutions' five year institutional cost summaries and another one that relates to the state institution compliance with the bill syllabus posting requirements. Three, conduct a feasibility study regarding the implementation of bachelor degree programs in the state that require three years to complete. And four, develop a course with no less than three credit hours in the subject area of American government or American history. The Ohio Department of Higher Education must also develop an examination that assesses a student's competence in a series of historical documents and concepts that a student may take and pass to be exempted from the American Government or American History course requirement for graduation, beginning with a student who, graduate, who graduates in the spring of 2029. And that is Senate Bill 83.